Chronicles of the Awakened is created and narrated by Jailer Rock. It is a work of fiction. You can find our podcast on many podcast platforms such as Himalaya, iTunes, and Google Play. And now, Chapter 13, Savior. The warm sun against my back and legs brought a smile to my face. It was the smell of the ocean, the crashing of the waves against the shore, the call of the birds searching for fish that told me I was dreaming. It was not that Flag's words and the actions of the people who I considered friends no longer affected me. It was that I knew that all that was left was this final fantasy, and if I could just enjoy it, for however long it would last, then it would be something I could take with me to the grave. The beach stretched out for miles, nothing but golden simmering sand behind me and crystal clear waters in front of me. I had awakened there as if I went to sleep content, happy. Then I was pulled from that dream, not into the waking world, but somewhere else. I'm sorry, David. I sat on a clump of sand with my hands resting on my knees when I heard her voice. I closed my eyes, taking in the sound, absorbing it because I knew it would be the last time I would hear it. She stood behind me. I could feel her. Her presence was strong, not static-like. The feeling of weakness, the stinging like a thousand needles piercing my skin at once was not there, the way it felt before. Everything brought more questions, but I didn't want to ask any of them. Why are you sorry? Did you forget the beer? My eyes opened to the shadow that she cast over me. Still unwilling to turn around, I just wanted to keep in the character I created. The beach was similar to the one we used to visit when Clara was alive. We would always pack a picnic, and it was my job to bring the food, and her job to bring the drinks. She always forgot something and would have a sad puppy dog face when I realized it. I would take her in my arms and kiss her passionately, letting her know it was okay. I had brought a six-pack just in case. You cannot believe what they have told you, David. Everything you have experienced, it's all a lie. I slowly stood, taking in a deep breath, inhaling the fresh sea air and exhaling out the stress. I dug my toes into the sand and turned around to look at Clara. She stood there, her hands together by her waist, wearing a yellow sundress. A smile returned to my face. Her dress did not match her words. While she spoke of things about the other world, she wore the dress of our memories. The matching ribbon tied around her hair, the flip-flops showing off her manicured toes. It was just how I remembered. It was just what I wanted to see. I've never been one to give up, Clara. There were times I wished things were different, but I didn't want my life to end. Now, my life means nothing. Everything was a lie, Clara, except us. We were real. Our love was the truth. 
that's all we have left now. Clara placed her index finger and thumb to her lips. She was worried about me, about how I was acting, the words I had said. A representation of my own feelings and doubts. That is what I was seeing. I knew the Clara standing before me was not real. I was inside my own mind, trying to repair the damage, knowing soon I would die. It did not matter. Seeing Clara standing there was what I wanted, and I would treat her as if she were real. It was the last gift I would give myself, and I felt I had deserved it. I wanted to give up, Clara said. When I died, the things I saw, you have to understand, this is what he wants, to weaken you, break you. Everything you have been shown was specifically done to take away your resolve. You can't let him do this to you, David. You can still free yourself. The look in her eyes and the way she spoke, it sounded the same way I would if trying to convince a dying soldier that everything would be okay. I knew it was hopeless and I would have preferred to be honest. But that's not how it always works. You tailor your response to the person, give them what they need, and say what they need to hear. Just as I knew to change my words dependent on the person or situation, my mind knew to do it to me. I turned and walked to the shore. I knelt down and ran my hand through the cool water. An image of the lake by the cabin in my dream about heaven flashed by my mind. An image of a dream within a dream, based on a memory, created by a wish. What I wanted was to relive one last time of happiness from my past. But my representation of Clara was determined to stay on script. I realized this meant that I truly did not believe everything was real. There was a possibility that I was wrong. Why would someone want to do all of this, Clara? What does Richter want? If he or his God is so powerful to control our afterlife, then why not just take what he wants from us? How do you expect me to buy that he needs something from me and that he just cannot take our life energy for himself or his God? I, I don't have all those answers. What I know is that I was trapped just like you and was rescued. We cannot take everything Richter said at face value, but believe me, he has made attempts to stop us. Perhaps there is something special about you, and you are preventing him from completing his goal. Clara walked up behind me and knelt down, placing her hand on my shoulder. It was as warm and as soft as I remembered. It's not just about Richter, David. I want to save you to be with you. Even if we are absorbed or destroyed, so be it as long as we go together. I cannot lose you again, David. I looked at her. She was crying. The pain in her eyes was real. I knew this because I had seen it before with my own eyes, and also in my own eyes. I wrapped my arms around her, pulling her into me. All I wanted was to remain with her in my arms. There was a flash of light, bright and blinding, 
it broke me from my peace. I turned my head looking across the ocean. I saw a mushroom cloud larger than I had ever seen when I was in the war. Clara shivered in my arms. She did not raise her head, but I could tell that she knew what had happened. She was expecting it. He's found us, David. Please, listen. There are truths within what he has shown you. Parts of your life intertwined with your hopes, your dreams and fears. They play off of each other. In a sense, you helped create the reality you experience. Heaven, hell, it is all a state of mind. Your mind that he manipulates using life energy. Remember this, David, and you will find your way out. The ground shook as if the world was breaking apart. A roar turned my attention back towards the sea. A tsunami raced towards us, so tall it blocked out the sun. A chilling fear returned, not because of the wave, but because I knew I was returning. Clara's body turned cold. She was fading away from me. I will always love you, Clara. I no longer wish to fight for myself, but I will fight for you. I won't give up. I promise. Clara disappeared as the wave crashed upon me. I did not feel the water crushing me. What I felt was darkness embracing me. The smell of the sea, the warmth of the sand, the light of the sun, it was all washed away by shadows. It was the transfer process from dream to reality or from reality to dream. As the aching pain returned to my body, I knew I had returned. It was the sounds of equipment and people whispering in the background. I could smell Lola's perfume in the air and feel the cold steel of an examination table on my back. Before I opened my eyes, I knew exactly what was happening. So, you're awake, Flag said. Good. Then, before we begin, do you have anything to say? I was strapped to a table similar to the one Flag used on me as a child. The glass coffin-like capsule was almost identical, but instead of smaller crystals surrounding it, there was one large multi-sided crystal that sat just above me connected to a series of cables and a metal shaft. Dr. Flagg stood to my right typing away on a large computer console. I could see a three-dimensional representation of my body on the screen. I could not make out any of the words except for one that read Project Savior. Lola stood to my left next to Jonathan. I could see in her eyes that she did not want to be part of what was happening. Jonathan, on the other hand, just stared at me as if I was responsible for the deaths of billions. I was his enemy now. Everything else was null and void. Yes, I began. I have something to say and something to ask. I looked at Lola while thinking back to what Flag had said to me. During the video when the Asher stood over my body, Flag had mentioned that I was sending out signals, that my consciousness had left my body. My thought was, what if what I saw and experienced with Clara was real? 
What if my consciousness or soul did leave my body and travel to the afterlife? Perhaps it was possible, but it was my only way to connect one world to the other. I was holding something back from everyone, I began. I did not say anything because I thought it was nothing but a dream. But what you told me about my grandparents, my parents, what you did to me. I shouldn't care about what I kept from you, but I'm not a traitor. You, every one of you betrayed me. And the only reason I'll tell you this is because if it is real, then I have something left to do. I told them everything about my death and the flashbacks of my time with Clara. I told them about Richter and the story they told me about our life energy and our planet. As the story unfolded, Lola was the only one to truly react to my words. To Jonathan and Flag, what I said was nothing more than the ramblings of a deranged man. An afterlife? Flag questioned. You sound more like a disciple of the Trinity than a man of science. Perhaps to you the place you went was as you described. But if so, it was just an illusion that the aliens showed you to keep you under their control. Either way, your tale does not change anything. Let me explain what is going to happen. Flag pressed a button on his control panel and stepped around standing next to me. I watched as the glass lid of the capsule closed above me, leaving only a small opening above my head. The large crystal began to spin as each of its sides lit up a different color. It was almost as before. Red, blue, yellow, green, and black were the colors spinning above me. But white was missing. I remember seeing white the last time, when it was an independent crystal. But I did not understand why it was missing now. The life energy of the other subjects was turned into an energy weapon used to shatter the meteor above our planet, Flag began. Since then, I realized this was the type of energy the aliens used. Even with the extremely little data we had on them, their energy weapon attacks have taught us very much. These colors you see above you represent the different forms of life energy. Originally. I believe the different colors represented different species, but since then I discovered it is not the case. So far we have identified four of the six colors. Now you can only see five colors, but a sixth is there which you cannot see, the color white. White so far appears to be the base energy that all sentient life forms are based upon. This energy lies dormant in every living being on the planet. Red is a representation of channeled energy that can be used as a weapon. Blue is the life energy found in non-sentient life forms, such as plants. Green is the energy unique to humans. This is the color of the energy found within an awakened human. It appears that if a human is not awakened, it is this type of energy that can turn a human body into usable energy. Do you understand what this means? What Flag meant was that the Asher specifically used green life energy because it would initiate the matter-to-energy process within a human body. The reason we never found any human remains 
was because they were turned into energy and used against other humans. The reason it did not work on me was because I was already awakened. Now, as for yellow, this energy appears to be unique to the aliens. Flag continued. I have yet to find a reason for this energy type, except maybe it was used to pacify awakened humans. However, I believe dependent on their energy type, you can control or destroy another being. This is where you come in, David. We discovered the alien base ship in orbit around our moon. We speculate that the aliens are all controlled from that one ship. It also appears that the signals you sent were in that direction, which nullifies your idea of traveling to an afterlife. This modified machine that was used to awaken your dormant life energy will now awaken every ounce of life energy within your body. This process will turn you into pure energy, at which point I will channel it into a weapon. The capsule you are in is connected to a weapon that will fire your released energy into space, destroying the base ship. And with that, the weapon the aliens plan to use against us will be used to destroy them all. Jonathan nodded his head in agreement. Lola stood looking at me and said nothing. Flag had one last use for me. And though I hated him for what he had done, a part of me could accept my fate. If I was special, either through science or intelligent design, then it should have been my duty to use my ability to help mankind. When first given my abilities, I was young and stupid and used them for my own personal advancement. While Flag and the military had no right to use me the way they did, if I could end the war and stop the suffering, then my life and death would have some meaning. There would be a chance for peace, a chance for the world to heal the way I hoped it would after the war. I did not want another's wife or mother to be killed or a child to be left orphaned, alone, in pain. Then there was what Clara had told me. If everything I had experienced since I saw Richter was a lie, then by letting go and allowing Flag to use me could mean that I was giving myself over to him. If I was special and Richter truly needed me, then what I was about to do could give him the means to reach Clara and the others and destroy all of the human souls he had captured. With all my thoughts, the fact remained that I had no power to escape. I was strapped to a table inside the capsule surrounded by guards and scientists. The crystal above me spun faster and faster, the light disorienting me. I could feel something inside my body. It was a surge of energy, like a rush of adrenaline. Every ounce of my being was tingling. It was almost like the static-like feeling fused with the burning energy I felt when I first attacked Richter. I could feel myself slowly losing control. I knew my time was short. Jonathan, just tell me something, I asked. Were you ever my friend? Was I just an order to follow? Was I just a mission? 
When I told you about Clara's death, did you even care? Jonathan was puzzled by my question. He looked over at Lola as if asking her what I meant. Her eyes gave him no answer. My body was on fire. It felt as if I was being burned alive from the inside out. The rush of energy was overtaking me. The power building up inside me was stronger than I had ever felt before. I could barely concentrate, but I wanted an answer before I died. Jonathan took a step back and shook his head. C Clara, who? I've, I've never met her. Do, do you mean your wife, Sarah? I could not react to his words. The energy had taken over. The feeling of my flesh faded. And yet I was still aware of my surrounding. My mind tried desperately to comprehend everything that was happening. But my battle for control was a losing one. No, this is not possible. Something's wrong, Flag shouted. There's a feedback. He's... Oh my god. I understood the feeling inside me. It was rage. Flag wanted a weapon, and he had one. But it was not what he expected. For a moment, I realized the power I had inside, and for a moment, no one else mattered. Realities blended together, and as I connected everything I had experienced, I felt something, as if it was written into my DNA into everything I was. It was one word. It repeated over and over. Unification. The answer was laid out right before me, but written in a language I could not understand, and that caused my breakdown. Clara spoke about instability, and that if my life energy was not stabilized, I could destroy my heaven and become trapped in my own personal hell. My body had become a living bomb, its sole purpose to destroy the world that had brought me pain. It was not rational, it was primal, and it was deadly. The last audible sound was Lola screaming my name as my life energy exploded, tearing the bunker apart. For a brief moment, I was aware of my own destructive power as I felt my energy being spread out across the planet. As the last of my humanity was ripped from me, I thought about the damage and death I had caused, and truly, I no longer cared. I can only describe what happened next as reconstitution. If my consciousness were a vase, then it had been shattered into a million tiny pieces. Once again trapped in darkness, I could feel my consciousness rebuild itself as if a hand were gluing back those pieces. I did not know if this was Richter's doing, another dream, or the after-effect of my detonation. Though I had no concept of time, it felt as if I was trapped in a void for eons. Oh my god! It was a scream that sounded as if it was on the other side of a vast tunnel. I could hear a woman's voice filled with surprise and jubilation. Slowly, feeling within my body returned, but it felt as if my body had been soaking in water for years. 
It was cold, damp. My body felt heavy. I had no strength to move. My eyes would not open, but I could hear the woman's voice become clearer by the moment. What did I do? Doctor, the doctor, yes, yes, yes. I need to get the doctor. Hearing the words doctor sent a chill through me. I did not know what doctor the woman was referring to. I could hear her typing on a keypad. After a moment, the door opened and closed again, and I could hear the woman talking to someone, but I did not know who it was. I tried to move, and even though I could feel that I was not restrained, I could not move more than a finger. Scent was the next sense that returned to me. There were flowers in the room. I could smell them clearly as if there were a garden of them. Then there was something else. The wind. I could hear the wind blowing from a nearby window and could smell the fresh air. It smelled like summer. I concentrated on that sound and to my surprise I heard something else. Something I did not expect to hear. Can you hear me, Mr. Xavier? The woman whispered in my right ear. Don't worry, you're fine. <laughs> you're better than fine. Here, let me take this off of you. The pitch blackness that I had seen up to that point brightened slightly. I realized something was placed over my eyes, and though I still could not open them, I realized that my sight had not been lost. The woman did not sound like what I expected. I had pondered if somehow Flag was able to recapture me, but the joy in this woman's voice was unmistakable. She was happy for me. The doctor's coming, David. I'm Nurse Margaret. I've been your nurse for... Well, I better wait for the doctor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm babbling, but it isn't every day you get to meet... Well, see, I... Look, I just meant to say that... Oh, there I go again. Listen, everyone owes you. I owe you. Just hold on. She'll tell you everything. My mind was racked with thoughts of my explosion and the feeling of power and rage that I had felt. Intertwined with those feelings were others of me standing on the beach with Clara and her telling me to continue the fight. What echoed in my head the most was what Jonathan had said. He had no idea who Clara was, and that just was not possible. I heard the door open and immediately I knew who had entered the room. I could smell her perfume. It was the same as when I was in the capsule. I forced my mouth open to call out, but no words came. Lola whispered something to the nurse, who then promptly left the room. Again, I tried to open my eyes, but I could not. There were several moments of silence before she spoke. David, it's Lola. You're in the hospital. I don't know what I should say because of many factors. Because of what happened to you and the time that has passed, I do not want to say something that could cause you to relapse. What you should know is that you did it. Everything you sacrificed, it paid off. And we all owe you our thanks. I just wish, I just wish Jonathan was alive to see this. He would have wanted to thank you, his friend, his brother. Anyway, 
I know who you want to see, and she's on her way. But bear with me for a moment. We had placed you in containment, and in the process we used, we bathed you in life energy. We believed this would bring you back, but it was as if you were brain dead. Your body was paralyzed, but it just so happened that due to electronic malfunction, we were not able to return you to the containment right away. It seems some of it has worn off. I can take care of the rest. Lola's words did not connect with what I had remembered. Things seemed jumbled. I wasn't sure if I had not heard exactly what she said, or was her words going in and out. They were fragmented. She spoke as if I had volunteered for what had happened to me, what was done to me, and had a positive outcome. I wondered if what I felt when I turned into pure energy was different from what actually happened. It was possible that Flag's plan worked and I destroyed the Asher base ship. Or this was yet another false reality created by Richter or my own mind. I could move again. It was slow and labored but I was able to lift my hand and touch Lola's face. I was no longer mad at her. Maybe it was because I felt sorry for her loss. Be it true or false, and regardless of what Jonathan had done to me, a part of me still considered him a friend. I heard the door to my room open again. At first I thought it was the nurse that had returned. My eyes strained to open, and through blurred vision I could see a woman enter the room. Lola stood from the bed as the woman rushed over to me. She wrapped her arms around me and began to cry. David... I thought, I thought I had lost you. The voice was not of the nurse. I could not make out who it was, but her touch was familiar. She leaned over, pressing her lips against mine. It was like remembering a long-lost memory. As she leaned back, I could make out her face, but the person I saw was not what I expected. We have to run some tests, Mrs. Xavier. Lola said, but please, take your time. I gasped out her name, and she nodded, pleased that I had remembered her. When I had finally found Clara in heaven for the first time, it was not her name that popped into my mind. I felt guilty for thinking about someone else at that moment, and did not understand why. The love of my life, everything I had fought for, was Clara. And now as I tried to push Clara's name from my mind, my first true love, Sarah, my wife, stood before me. Next week, Chapter 14